Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the ultimate Boston Bruin, number 24, Terry O'Reilly! McNabb with it, moving, shot, save, Esposito, McNabb right in, O'Reilly moves it in, shot, block, Rick Smith, screenshot, block, O'Reilly scores! Terry O'Reilly on the rebound! Joining us on Timeout Talks is Boston Bruins legendary right winger, Terry O'Reilly. Uh, thank you, Terry, for joining the show. Thank you, Josh, Ben. Nice to be here. Well, actually, I'm not there. I'm down in Fort Myers, Florida, Florida quarantining for this crazy thing that's going on. Yeah. I hope you guys are staying safe. Hey, we're trying our best, right, Ben? Oh, yeah, we're staying safe and... Uh... We'll take any way that we can contact you, Terry, and I want to say thank you very much for joining us as well. Well, thank you for inviting me. All righty. So one of the questions I wanted to ask was, um, if you were to play today, um, with who, who would you want to play with or against in the NHL today, and why? Well, you know, I had the opportunity... Uh, to play with the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest player uh, that ever played the game, Bobby Orr. Uh, he was my teammates for three or four years. Uh, and then he got traded to Chicago, where he played briefly before uh, the poor condition of his knee uh, forced him to retire. Uh, I did play one game against him when he wore the uh, Chicago uniform, so he would be the guy that I most enjoyed playing with. And I did not like playing against him and seeing him wear the uh, Chicago uniform. He should have retired as a Boston Bruin. So, uh, as far as today players, uh, you know, there's so many players that I enjoy watching. Uh, the Boston Bruins with uh, Patrice Bergeron and and uh, Sid <laughs> that's not true. Uh, yeah, that's not true, Terry. I'll take you on the line any time. But, uh, Terry, uh, going back, uh, like that, uh, you were no, sort of known as the enforcer, and, you know, uh, one of the toughest people on those big, bad Bruins teams. Uh, who, in your opinion, would you say was the toughest player you played with or against? Oh, the toughest player with. Uh, there were... Yeah, there's so many. Uh, we had we had that uh, part of the game covered pretty well. John Winsick was one of the biggest, meanest. Uh, he, he had the scariest reputation in the National Hockey League, but he was like a big teddy bear. And uh, you know, he was my line mate and uh, and good friend. And people just didn't know uh, how he was off the ice, and uh, and so. The way they looked at him as a player on the ice, I thought it was kind of funny because he was such a gentle giant. 
Uh, other tough guys, Dan Johnson was very tough, uh, pound for pound. His size was deceptive. He was a very powerful man and uh, one of the best fighters in the National Hockey League. Al Secord was a very good fighter. Uh, but uh, against uh, Clark Gillies probably gave me the biggest uh, handful. I had three scraps with him in one playoff series and he, he was a big boy and he knew how to fight. Uh, but uh, the, the benefit though was uh, he was also one of their best hockey players. Part of the power play, big strong power forward. So if I could take him off the ice for five minutes, it didn't hurt the team. <laughs> and yeah, I was just going to follow that question with, um, you know, you were drafted 14th in the NHL amateur draft by the Boston Bruins. Um, how different was it back then for drafting compared to today? Um, you know, whereas, you know, way back when there were teams would kind of find out through word of mouth um, how good the upcoming draft prospects were. Um, and, you know, obviously how powerful social media has become today. You know, how different was it back then um, being an upcoming draft well, prospect? I, I remember sitting, uh, I, I grew up in Oshawa, Ontario. Uh, Oshawa is a General Motors town 30 miles outside of uh, Toronto on the North Shore of Lake Ontario. And uh, most of the people from Oshawa are Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and uh, all Canadians are hockey fans. And uh, at that time, uh, you, you didn't really attend the draft. Uh, it was on the radio. And I remember sitting in the kitchen at the kitchen table with my mother, and the radio was sitting in the middle of the table. Uh, and when it was announced that I was drafted in the first round by the Bruins, we jumped up and down and we were all excited. And then I got out of Annapolis to see where Boston was. <laughs> it was quite, quite different from the, uh, the ceremony that they have now. So, yeah, it was about the same. <laughs> yeah. And, and back then, it was, uh, there was, the NHL was expanding uh, and the WHA was also uh, in existence and was competing and drawing players away from the National Hockey League. So professional hockey as a sport was somewhat watered down and uh, that that played to my advantage a little bit because uh, I think the scouts saw that I had potential but uh, I had I was rough around the edges. I had uh, I was 19 years old. I had played goalie till the age of uh, 13, 12 or 13. I had only skated as a forward for six or seven years, and I was my skating was really behind the curve. I think it was behind the curve until I retired. I, I was pretty, I'm pretty good in the alumni games now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Terry, I know you brought up uh, those three scraps with Clark Gillies. I wanted to stay on that trend. Uh, what was your favorite or, should I say, most memorable fight in your career? Because, like I uh, mentioned previously, you're known as the enforcer, and... Uh, on this big bad Bruins team, if anybody's messing with the teammates, you know how to step in there. So, uh, what was the most favorite fight or memorable one in your career? Uh, you know, I don't know if I could narrow it down to one fight. I had, I had, uh, eight, I had eight or nine with Schultz. Uh, <laughs> we did not like each other. Uh, I had a couple of funny ones with uh, Tiger Williams. Uh, uh, he <laughs> he claims that I owe him ten thousand dollars. He uh, 
came into Boston one year. Wow. The last game of the season. Uh, it was the 80th game of the season, and uh, he was playing for Toronto. And he needed one goal to get a $10,000 bonus. And uh, everybody was playing for the bonuses. It was a meaningless game. It wasn't going to change the playoff position for either the Bruins or the Leafs. So everybody was going for the bonuses. And I was still keeping my eye out for the guys. And uh, after the end of one play on our end, as our goalie smothered the puck, uh, Tiger Williams came face to face with Brad Park. And he, their noses were almost touching, and you could see Tiger talking away. And uh, Brad came off the ice for a change as I was going on the ice, and I said, uh, Brad, what was that turkey Sandia? And uh, he said, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Taz. He, was, he wasn't uh, giving me a hard time. He was just asking me to go easy on him so he could get his bonus goal tonight. And I skated back to the bench. Don Cherry was coaching, and I got the attention of all the guys on the bench. I said, guys... When Tiger's on the ice, I'm on the ice. So, right wingers, <laughs> as soon as you see him come on the ice, you get off the ice because I'm coming on. Even if you don't come off, I'm coming on, and I'm going to stand beside him for the rest of this game. And that's what I did. <laughs> it was a, a mean-spirited thing to do, but I stood beside him, and he never got a sniff for the goal. He was almost crying to the end of the evening. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't see him until maybe... Uh, Fifteen years later, I was on an old-timers tour up, and uh, uh, we went from Winnipeg to Vancouver, and, and he joined the group in Vancouver, and he got on the bus, and he's walking down the aisle and shaking hands with everybody, and he he focused on me at the back of the bus. I'm sitting in the middle of the bench at the back of the bus, and he looked at me, pointed at me, and said, you, you owe me $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> he had not forgotten. Heck of a memory on him. Heck of a memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, you know, back then, that ten thousand dollars in the in the late seventies was a lot of money. Oh yeah, right now I'm just thinking about that ten thousand. I might have would have I would have let him have it an easy night right there. But it just shows your competitiveness and will back then, and uh, with those teams and uh, those are the good old hockey days. Not saying anything now, you know, but those were those were tougher days back then. And uh, really enjoyed uh, watching some of the old highlights on those ones. But uh, going back to that, what was uh, your most memorable game? You would say. Uh, in your career, coaching yeah. or uh, coaching or playing? Uh, let me think. I, uh, there's there's a few. Uh, one would be uh, the game in Vancouver when Norman Levier started to collapse. He he was suffering a, a brain aneurysm uh, during the game, and you could see. Uh, a confused look in his eyes and uh, his face started to become disordered from uh, the paralysis uh, and the trainer recognized it for what it was and uh, there was always an ambulance at NHL games and we got him right in the ambulance and over to the Vancouver hospital and there happened to be a team of uh, brain surgeons uh, readily available and, and they got him into the OR immediately and uh, started drawing off uh, the bleed so that the pressure wouldn't do to more permanent damage. Uh, and and uh, they saved his life. But I remember sitting in the... We, we all went, after the game was over, we all went to uh, Wayne Cashman's hotel room. 
Now you you see the typical hotel room with two double beds. Well, there's 20 guys sitting in one room. Yeah. On the floor, uh, all around the edges of the walls, uh, waiting at uh, two thirty, three o'clock in the morning for for news about uh, Norman. And uh, fortunately, he survived. Unfortunately, his life was changed forever. But uh, I'll never forget that night. You know, it was. Uh, and Thank goodness then, uh, yeah, thank goodness that he made it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, yeah. Changed his life uh, forever, but. Yeah. Other games, I, you know, you know, you never forget your first NHL goal. You know, I got called up for a game uh, just before the 1972 playoff run for the Bruins. They were arresting some foot players, and they called me up for the last game of the season against Toronto, and I was fortunate. Uh, to be in front of the net, and I tipped that in a point shot for my first goal against Bernie Perrant. But I would have traded that for, for uh, you know, I would have foregone that one if I knew I could score in uh, Game Six against Bernie Perrant when they when he shot us out one nothing for the Stanley Cup. So, but you don't, you're not allowed to do that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, yeah. not. I wish we could. I wish we could. And then uh, I think the last the last time I uh, we skated in the old Boston Garden, uh, it was the last hurrah. They were going to tear down the old garden and build a new one, and they had all the uh, former Bruins players come on the ice and uh, have a big skate. And uh, I had my youngest son Evan on my shoulders, skating around, and. Uh, Ray and I were helping uh, Norman. He had skates on. Norman Ludgate, and we were helping him do a lap around the rink. So it was wonderful to see all the players present uh, and past in one group on the ice. It was a wonderful evening. So yeah. we can't think of anything else right now. There's many, many. Uh, you know, I don't think we have enough time to cover everything. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on the show and discussing some hockey. Um, you know, it's it's a great escape for how things have been recently within our world today. And, you know, I just wanted to say for timeout talks, for me personally, thank you very much for coming on the show. Well, you're welcome. You know, I didn't have any choice. You're, you're a friend of my, uh, of Dr. Marks, who's uh, a veterinarian, a dear friend of ours that looks after our five long-haired dachshunds. So uh, I have to do whatever he tells me to do. So. <laughs> but I'm glad. So that's how we got you. All right. I was yeah. wondering how we got you. Perfect. I was coerced. I was, I was coerced. <laughs> no, I'm uh, <laughs> glad to do it. Uh, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. Take uh, care of yourself. Thank you very much. Everybody stay healthy. You too. Thank you very much. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.